We are going on tour. The Glamorous Trash Podcast and my book tour have collabed and we're coming to a city near you. Click the link in the show notes to to get all of the deets. We're coming to New York City. On June 4th, we are kicking off an event with Jon Stewart. No big deal. That's our very first show in New York City. Then we're coming to Washington, D.C., Nashville, Chicago, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. So get your tickets now. We are doing three different events because, you know, I'm always doing the most. That's just on brand, right? First, there's a glamorous trash party. It's the podcast meets the book tour meets Coachella, a live show featuring podcast segments, book segments, a very special guest. And of course, there's a runway walk at the end for people to show off their fits because the dress code to every event is obviously glamorous trash. We are also doing a cookie country club. It's the anti-country club country club. And it's very dreamy. You get like a bunch of products. There's little events. And it's a more intimate event where you meet other cookies and listen to a book chat with what me and another special guest and then the final event the behind the bangs writing workshop i finally did it put it together put together this workshop because i wrote this book in many ways for younger me and younger me would not have gotten off her couch unless there was also a workshop being taught i wanted the gyms i wanted i wanted the knowledge i wanted the education that's what i would have wanted so i've decided i'm doing it and in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me forever to learn 15 years in my 15 year career as a tv writer and author and blah 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 all the other things i've written there are six things that i always use and all of those are in this workshop so if you have an interest in writing sign up all the ticket links are live today click the show notes click my instagram we are coming to a city near you and there's going to be some meet and greets i'll sign some copies of books we'll give out more books and i have uh, some pieces of merch that i'm taking on the road and i'm gonna give them out at the shows Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates female celebrity memoirs. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. Now this week, we are book clubbing Vivica Fox's memoir titled Every Day I'm Hustling, written in 2018. Now, here's the thing. I wasn't ready for this book because it's a how-to book more than it is a memoir, and it's a how-to-hustle book, which I read during a week in my life when I was hiding under a blanket crying over how hard the business is. So I had a real time with this book and I'm excited to get into it. Also, she drops a lot of names, a lot of tea, a lot of juice. So let's learn how to hustle. Oh, and one more thing. We actually recorded this episode many, many months ago because I was what? Hustling, just like Vivica A. Fox taught me to do. I was hustling, I was busy. So you'll notice some dates, you know, happened a few months ago. And when we talk about Samantha Irby's book, please know it's already out. Ooh, that's our guest for the episode. Okay, let's dive in. The book is for everyone. Yes. I mean, the main goal of Every Day I'm Hustling was for it to be a motivational memoir. There's 19 lessons in there in five parts. Um, and they're tips, basically, according to Vivica Fox. The main reason why I wanted to do the book was that I wanted people to get me, get to know me a little bit better yeah. behind being an actress, behind what you see on the blogs and the red carpets. That's me. Yeah. That's my journey. Um, I've been knocked down a lot of times, just like everyone else. I've had to figure out in life how to go to different chapters. 
Our guest today is comedian, essayist, blogger, and TV writer, Chicago legend. I'm throwing that in. Uh, perhaps you've seen her work on Sex and the City and Just Like That, Work in Progress, Shrill, Tuca and Birdie. She's the creator and author of the blog, Bitches Gotta Eat, and her books, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. And wow, no thank you. We're both New York Times bestsellers. Please welcome Samantha Irby. Hello. This is the honor of my life. Truly. It's the honor of my life. I feel like I have been DMing you. I'm just like, please come hang out with me and anytime. discuss anything you, know, you want. I haven't been to LA, but it, like recently, but as soon as I do, I'm like coming straight to your house. Yes. Okay. We would love to hang out with you. Well, this parlays into, I introduce all my guests with the story of how we first met. And this is our first time doing like face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. We are... For me, um, I, as a com- as a comedian in Chicago, um, you were Chicago legend, and <laughs> I've been you following you and watching your career and adoring you from afar. And I remember the day you followed me, and I was like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> oh my god!" And from then on, I've been. Um, pressuring you to be my friend. I feel the exact same way about you. I am so, so in nice. awe of you and your career and how you, you know, the thing like that I really, you know, not to, you know, crawl into your asshole, but I would one love of the it, things but- <laughs> I really love about you is that like you always bring the glamour. It's always I- like, <laughs> look at this bitch's outfits. Look at this bitch's lipstick and hair. I mean, it's always like a joy to see you. And then to have you be like smart and funny on top of it is almost, you know, cruel to the rest of us. Mutual adoration society. Wow. I I mean, being called glamorous, I fucking accept. Thank you. So here's my first question for you. We sent you a list of books. Why Vivica Fox? Vivica A. Fox, I should say. I love Vivica Fox. Okay, she endeared herself to me. Have you ever seen Two Can Play That Game? Yes. The beginning when, like, she and Gabrielle Union are having the passive-aggressive, like, hey, girl, hey, girl situation, like, cemented her in my heart forever. And that, you know, set it off everything else. So I had to do my girl Vivica. I'd had to. I I love that. I've (laughs) had this book for a long time, but I I never opened it. Did you know this was a how-to book? No, no. And I was, um, I was surprised that Vivica would write a how-to book. And I don't mean that as rude as it sounds, but yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I was shook by it. Yeah. And I I think, like, I want to say this out loud, too, because especially on the podcast is that, like, I think this book came to me in the worst week I could ever read a how-to book. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to be fair to her because I... <laughs> I was not a fan, but you were a fan. I loved it. And, okay, I cheated a little tiny bit. I started reading the book, and then it's written so, like, hey, girl. You know, it's, like, written really like she's talking to her friend. So I was like, let me go on ahead and buy the audio book. So I read, like, half of it, and then I started from the beginning on the audio book. And that might be 
what sold me. Okay, I, and you know what? I I only recently learned this about myself, but I did the exact same thing because mm-hmm. I was having a hard time reading it and I was like, oh, maybe I need to listen. So I also ended up listening, <laughs> which I never do on this podcast. And I listened for one other book recently and also didn't enjoy it. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I- Maybe you hate audiobooks. Maybe I hate audiobooks, mm-hmm. which I- I'm shocked to say, but I think more so like I literally had the worst week ever. I was, I, I, even when I have terrible weeks, I still get work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a toxic fact about me. And <laughs> this was such a bad week. I literally laid on the couch all like just, I just grabbed bags of chips, brought them to the couch. Oh, then I lived there. But then I was listening to Vivica weeks. be like, and then you got to cinch that waist. And I was like, no. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yes. I think I ordinarily like shy away from things like that because there truly is like nothing I want to do that, that involves hustling or getting my (laughs) shit together. So I have to like put myself in the mind of she's talking to other people who like want to be the next Vivica Fox. Like, that's how I yes. got through it. So so that I didn't feel, uh, you know, called out by all the shit yes. she says you have to do. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. not doing any of this. But <laughs> I, I love that somebody else is going to. Yeah, and you know what? I think, like, I do love a how-to book, but mm-hmm. this was not... Okay, well, we'll get into it. So Okay. First off, we got a shout out, uh, co-author, ghostwriter, Kevin Carl Leary, <laughs> who podcast fans will recognize from Jessica Simpson. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Carl Leary up in here. Um, um, he did a great job. You can tell yeah. that somebody helped. <laughs> yes, yes. And you can, I distinctly felt in this book that she did conversations with him and he did all the typey typey. Yes. That's how it felt to me. Like yeah. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, okay, I'll read this starting part uh, in the middle of the preface. She's a kid and she's got dreams and she goes to her mom and her mom says, write a letter, mom told me. Put it in your Bible and pray about it. He will bring it back to you. So I got on my knees and I wrote this. I wanna be successful, I wanna be a star and I wanna work as an actress and I've got a taste of things but it seems I can't get over the hump. It seems I'm always almost making it then coming up a little bit short. If you just help me to stay focused and help me to stay positive, I promise that I'll be good and do good and give back. Um, so I said kid, but I really meant 20s. And um, <laughs> and then after that, she gets her first break in Independence Day and career takes off. And so then this is a book. It is both really specifically about how to exactly have Vivica's life. Yes. And then also a book about generalized business. <laughs> yes. Yes. It feels like... I mean, honestly, it feels, and this is so rude, especially since I like the book, but it feels a little like, not above her, it feels a little ambitious for like what it, what it ended up being. I feel like she should have just written about her life and kind of worked the lessons, you know, like there's a way to give a lesson that's like part of a story. I couldn't tell if she thought, if she was like, I want to write my story and someone said, mm, no one wants to buy that, maybe a how-to book. Or if she said, I'm a, I don't want to write my story, maybe I can do how-to. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's yes. fear there somewhere. Was it from her or was it from the industry that like made her do a how-to book? Yes. I, I think you're right. 
I'm sure she and her agent were like, you know, you should do a book, but you don't have enough, like, life to write a book. So why don't we make it an advice book? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is like, with advice, and I've said this probably a million times, but my number one advice to people when they ask for advice is make sure you're taking advice from someone whose life you actually want. Right. Whereas, right. like, I think they take advice from successful people, but then you have to, like, look at their life and be like, wait, do I want that? Like, there's some real shitty podcast hosts out there being like, we'll give you <laughs> advice. And you're like, are you sure you want that person's advice? Yeah. Like, let me see the resume before I let you tell me what to do. Yes. And Vivica has a she has a life any actress would be uh, so blessed to have. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that this is the... I'm in this business. You're in this business. I don't know that this is the advice book. You know what it is? I don't know about this advice. This is what I was thinking while I was reading it. So I have sisters who are like 20 years older than I am, right? So my oldest sister is 63, and she's not only 63, but she's a like, knows all the nightly programming on BET, 63, Mm. this is like catnip for my sister, right? That's a really good point. Because at some point she starts breaking down Instagram and how you have to use hashtags. And I was like, who's this for? I love this, but also, girl, who is this for? Yes. Okay. Well, let's dive into some of the lessons. So part two is titled, Find Your Dream and Actually Make It Happen. You know, so it's broad. We're starting, (laughs) we're going headlines. And she has... Oh, a real deep section on Michael Jackson and praising his work ethic, which like, listen, the man had an abusive father who led him to have quite the work ethic. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that we're in a place where we can talk about Michael Jackson and not, not talk anymore. about the rest. Not in we'll, 2018. We'll just give it a nod. Give it a little like, I see yeah. it. I know it. But also there are so many other like hardworking and I get it. Like I loved Michael. Like I was born right at the time when you really get into Michael Jackson. But like there are other people who have worked hard and are less polarizing. <laughs> but again, well, I was just that's like, what I mean beginning? by like the old black lady thing. Because, you know, old black ladies are like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll still listen to Michael. Ain't no problem. And so... Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, it's just like, it's so funny too, because like, if if you are like, I love Michael Jackson, let's just pretend someone mm-hmm. is like, I love Michael Jackson. I don't believe it. Whatever. Whatever you want to believe, right? <laughs> Impossible, but go ahead. And you don't got to write it in a book. You know, I just know. keep that part to your, just, I don't yeah. know if you need to share like, just that. Just listen to Thriller at home. Yes. And like, live your life. You don't have to memorialize in chapter two. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of your, your book. Also, if you are if you're gonna say a thing that might alienate people, like bury it halfway or three quarters in. Yeah, or put a sentence to it. And also, I have to say, like, he famous, famous abusive father who created that work ethic. Yes. So you can't just be like, yeah. man, does that does that boy know how to work? You're yeah. like, but we know why. Yeah. It wasn't drive and tenacity. He was getting the shit kicked out of him all the time by his dad. So let's talk about that if we're going to talk about work ethic. I don't know that that's advice you could give to someone. Like, get adopted by someone who will beat the shit out of you and make you become a superstar. I mean, what's the problem? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Okay, then we talk, she moves into 
a wig business, which I, I, I loved it if I had really heard of Vivica Fox's wig business. I know. And she was sort of like, I reinvented making wigs young and cool and accessible to black women. And I just don't feel like, have you, did you, have you come across that? No. So uh, not to keep talking about my sisters, but I feel like they're very no, please Vivica. Plug them. They're wig wearers. But I did not know about Vivica's wig business. I'm, I, I'm glad it was popular, but I'm also like, who was it popular with? Why haven't we heard of this? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'll say like, you know, it's not like I'm a main demo, but like there's a lot of people <laughs> like I've been to I go to wig shops. I love a good fake hair piece. Yeah. I love drag. I've got a mother in law. We shop for wigs together. Like <laughs> I've just never come across a Vivica wig. That's all. And I yeah. and, to, and if she was like, I started this business, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm going to go check out these wigs. But instead, she was like, I revolutionized it and brought it back single-handedly, and I take credit for where it's at now. And that's where I was like, okay, then I feel like I should have heard about this. Yes. If you're <laughs> like, hey, I got this side business, you know, uh, stitching up horse hair for people to wear, fine. But when you use the word revolution, I, you know, and maybe I have low self-esteem, which is why I can't relate. But if I, if I use the word revolutionary to refer to myself, I would like curl up into a the like dried old husk and like die. Like yeah, how do yeah. you say that about yourself? I know and I will also say Mariah Carey, obviously very different uh resume in person, but she used her book to be like, this is where y'all haven't given me credit and where credit is due, right? I appreciate that. But by that. the time she's done writing the chapter, you're like, oh my God. Like she breaks it down. She's uh -huh. like, this song, this song, this writer, this moment, th mm -hmm. these accolades, these numbers. And you you end it and you're like, Mariah Carey was fucking robbed as being known as a songwriter her whole life. Yep. Vivica was just sort of like, I revolutionized it. And, <laughs> and I was like, but how? And then we moved on. I did go look for them and saw some on Amazon. Thoughts? Not revolutionary. I, I'm, I'm no wig expert. But like, you see like Beyonce's wigs, right? And you're like, oh, God damn. These did not make you say, God damn. <laughs> okay. I just looked up Vivica's wigs and they are speaking to a different year. This is like a two, it's speaking to like a early 2000s mm -hmm. hairstyle moment, but this yeah. was written in 2018. Yeah. All of the wigs look kind of like, oh, did Halle Berry wear that in, you know, whatever 2002 movie? Like it's yeah. very that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I'm glad I looked those up. Okay. Then we get into one of my favorite moments, which is that her friend starts, I can't, are we going to say dating? Her friend starts being a part of Prince's life. Yes. And Prince pays for this like gorgeous apartment that she lives in with her friends until her friend breaks up with Prince and he, he and Prince is like, everything. get out of my house by the end of the day. Don't take a plate or a cup or a napkin with you. Yes. Yeah. I Prince thought that was, was like, fine. Get out, Vivica. I thought that, so I never, I mean, how would I know? But I never knew that about her. And I didn't know she was as athletic as she was. Like, I didn't know she was a childhood basketball star. I was like. Oh, yeah. Uh, why don't, why don't you talk about this? Or like, why don't we, 
I would, that's the kind of stuff that I really want to know about, like, famous yeah. people. Like, don't tell Completely. me. Completely. Like, don't tell me, you know, like, put my nose to the grindstone or whatever. Tell me what you were like as a kid. So I really did appreciate that. And I was like, wow, access to Prince, that's incredible. Yeah, that's I love that. I love that her, she had a single mom who, mm-hmm. like, worked so hard that she could buy her own house and refused to move out of it because it was hers and like yeah yeah I, but I, I will say read her so mom's book me like, too her story about like having four kids a man who left and then working multiple jobs until she worked her way up to Eli Lilly I was like I'd read I'd read that, I'd read that. too yes <laughs> same a same yeah. well instead she pivots and for a chapter it becomes Will and Jada's book yeah it's just like praise for will and jada because Mm -hmm. um she gets independence day where she plays jasmine and and will is like is like stop drinking that margarita you gotta work (laughs) out this movie's gonna be big and then she's like will and jada are great for a chapter i mean it's it's hard i imagine to write about people who are super well known who you know very well. And I I was like, you know, this is very fawning, but I get it, right? Like Yeah, yeah. I in 2018, I definitely would have wanted like Jada and Will to still be in my corner. Cause like Yes. I, I imagine she's still trying to get movie roles. So even if Will like slapped me in the face and was like, put that margarita down, you have to get in shape for the movie. In the book, I'd be like, what a great inspirational mentor. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> he showed up in Viola Davis's book and he was, I, I think about the advice he gave her all the time, which is like who you are as a kid will be who you are forever. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I cry about it. And, um, but I, I totally get it. It's just so funny to be like, you, you have so little to say about yourself. We're telling Will and Jada's story now. Like, yes. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm here for Vivica, but whatever. It was nice. Then yeah. this this is this was the part of the book that I couldn't take. She <laughs> does personal acting anecdotes mapped into business advice for other people where she would be like, here's what I do in auditions. And, and she assumes that actors are not reading this. She says, so right. then here's what you should do in job interviews. And I was like, these are not one-to-ones. Right. Then she, she starts saying- cost-benefit analysis. I was like, I'm sorry, where are we? And then in detail is like, you should start a cupcake business. And like, what if there's no place for women to go and eat cupcakes? Like start that business. But then it's like, that's like my mom being like, you should go viral. You're like, (laughs) okay. No, it's exactly that. It's like the kind of advice. And I say this as a person who was eating it up while reading it, but it's the kind of advice that you'd get from like an infographic on Instagram, right? It's just as like so unspecific and so like, unapplicable to your like regular person life you're not going to go into a job interview the same way you would go into an audition first off um is there a good place where people can where girls can grab a cupcake and are the cupcakes good if not start that business is like nowhere near what it would actually take to start it like where what's the financing what are the financing how do i rent how do i lease like Mm -hmm. how how do how do you get all the legal paperwork together what are the i mean it's so and then she's like 
later when she's talking about burnout, she's like, if you're a chef, maybe you can teach cooking classes. I'm like, in what world? <laughs> One, in what world is a chef at a restaurant? Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm a, I, and I never thought about it. I never realized I could teach cooking classes. There's one part where she says, if you're a nurse and you're tired of being a nurse, you could consult for pharmaceutical companies. And girl, you can get out the emergency room and into the boardroom. And it's like, Vivica, how many nurses to pharmaceutical executives do you know? And was it just that easy for them to get that new job? It's You know what? It's very like Jack Handy encouraging platitudes. Yes. That you can't investigate or interrogate too deeply because, like, you'll just pull it all apart because it's it's really nothing. That's exact. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And I was just like, listen, if you are out there and you started a cupcake business, or you are a, you're a former chef who read this book and your life changed, like, I want to hear about it. But like, I just don't think they picked it Me up. Too. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Then, then real quick, she's like, and then when I auditioned for Quentin Tarantino for Kill Bill, he wanted to come to my house. Which was an 8,000 square foot mansion in Los Angeles. And I was like, all right, here we go. Tell me how you bought a mansion in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. without being Will Smith. No, not a a peep about it. She's like, because I invest in real estate. I said, how? How? Tell me anything. Tell me anything about real estate. And she just said, invest. Yeah. (laughs) She didn't even say, like, invest in residential property or commercial property. Like, it was so unspecific. She's like, yeah, real estate has been very good to me. And it's like, okay, but how? Who did you call? What were the first steps you took? Who? How did you get the connections? Like, tell me that part. Do I just walk in the bank? How do you determine a good property? Like, I even heard, I don't even know if this is right, but I've had people tell me like, oh, when you buy your first home, there's this like loan you get where you only put 10% down because you're first to encourage first home buyers and what you have to do is blah, blah. I mean, you know, I blacked out after that. But (laughs) what about something like that? (laughs) Yeah, literally any of the steps it took, which honestly, like, you feel kind of cheated because hers is a story that you maybe could, like, use as inspiration, right? Because she came, she's from Indiana, single mom, uh, and she says in the book that, like, not only could her mom, like, not afford to help her, but even when she needed help, she didn't lean on her mother. So that's, like, the beginning of a story that I'm like, yes, I'm about to figure out how to be rich because she comes from the same nightmare circumstances yes. I come from. And then she doesn't say what she did. No, and also she's she's had a, a level of entertainment success that that isn't— that doesn't equal the the finances she's talking about. So she especially not at that point, not at the point not, like no. pre Kill Bill. So it's like you definitely did some really smart mm-hmm. financial moves that I would love to know what about. Were those and how how did you know to do them? It's yeah, just, and is this the wig business? Is this <laughs> do I have egg on my face? Yeah. And that's how you got the mansion, and you told me, and I just didn't latch. She, I don't think so. I don't think she ever 
she talks about having enough money, like, to pay her bills and take care of herself. She never says, like, in what range we're talking. You know what I mean? She doesn't say, no. I, I'm a multimillionaire. I have tens of millions. She doesn't ever do but that. Later, she, <laughs> she says she put $300,000 into a Black Magic Mike business. That's our yes. one figure. I just wanted to throw yes. that in as we're, as and we're talking numbers. The, another figure when she and her husband split up, she paid for him to have an apartment for a year and put $50,000 in a bank account for him. I mean, Those are the two figures we get. And that does, that does, like, you're doing good if you've got 300K to invest into yes. a black magic, which is what it's called, business that may or may not take <laughs> off, but I think didn't. Uh, yeah, we would we would have heard. <laughs> We would have I mean, seen it. Like, yeah, I've been to Thunder Down I, Under. We would have seen it if it had taken I'm off. I'm obsessed with Magic Mike Live, which is where she, like, got the idea. No, she was at Chippendales. Like, yes, I would have. Uh-huh. Uh, we okay. would have gone well, together to see yeah, it. That's yeah, my kind I mean, of and shit. And listen, if, we're going to look it up, and if it's still going, we will. <laughs> yes, um, we will. I Then, okay, so this was the other funny thing, though, too. I started marking it down, but I didn't at first. But I clocked uh, three different do not ask me for money paragraphs. (laughs) (laughs) But she keeps coming back to it. She's like, and don't ask me for money. Don't ask me for money. And then her, it was very funny. She was like, I I put my Captain Save-A-Ho hat down and I stopped giving people money. And I was like, okay. This is a big theme in her life. Yes. But she doesn't get into the, like, I think the details that you and I would have loved, which are like, how much did people ask you for? Did you, like, go broke so then you had to put your foot down because you were supporting, like, 18 cousins or whatever? Like, get into the nitty gritty of that. And I think that's what the, like, business book format like robs from us right like we don't get the granular details i completely agree though can we talk about how she rode up to her first wedding in a literal carriage see that was one of the details that i was like i love this (laughs) me too and i was like get it and she had 260 wedding guests i was like yes and she was like fairy tale but it's it's wild, too, because she's like, but then I was paying for everything and he never helped. And you're like, surely that had to have been going on Prior before this started. Married, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just pays. You just kind of learned the marriage ended because she paid for every single thing. And like it no longer became a mutual marriage. Mm-hmm. You know what and, she yeah. touches on, like through the marriage and her other relationships that she gets into, but she doesn't really get deep into like, how she is clearly a huge romantic who, like, mm. just wants to be loved. And how so, how so many of these, you can tell, like, so many of the decisions she's made have been, like, to put her in a position to get love. Yeah, and, like, this was, this was the it girl in rom-coms specifically. Like, yeah. she was in so many romantic comedies mm-hmm. as the woman, and... She is uh, 50-something, single. Yeah. She goes through a wreckage of relationships, and we really don't get that journey. And and she's a woman who really has everything, and and she mm-hmm. doesn't get the romance that she wants, and we don't get to learn about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We were robbed. (laughs) We were robbed. (laughs) Although I will say this. So she has this marriage to Christopher Harvest. Then uh, it it busts up. Then she uh, dates this young dude who I believe is Omar Slim White. And they're engaged. And everyone's like, you're a cougar. (laughs) And then what we do get is all the 50 cent drama. Yes. 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 She went into it. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Say what you're going to say about it. Cause I'm going to say something well, kind of sad. I wasn't ready to know him as Curtis. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm not, I don't even think she's like always talking about Curtis. And every time I'm like, who's that? But it's 50 cent. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> what, what are you going to say? Okay. I, so the first thing is that they are currently like right now in beefing. 2023 <laughs> beefing. And I was like, I was like, did Chelsea know that this was going to happen? That's so funny because I was I was actually thinking about you. I was like, has Samantha known that there's like been beef going on and it was going to explode and that's why she chose this book? I, well, I mean, maybe. Let's pretend I'm psychic and say yes. Okay, I love it. Um, this is our psychic moment. <laughs> the thing, okay, so the thing about this chapter before it gets crazy is that it is so romantic. And listening to her, first of all, like, I think 50 is cute. I think he's funny. I watched all 112 seasons of Power. Hearing him described by a person who got to see him be open and vulnerable because he wanted her. He had a crush Mm -hmm. on her. People knew it. And and he really, like, pursued her and courted her. I was like, oh, this is that fairy tale that it's clear she's been wanting, right? Like, someone who can meet her where she is or maybe is even more rich and more famous than she is. Send a thousand roses to a restaurant that was closed down just for the two of you. I was, like, melting at that Mm -hmm. part. It was, like, because I love her, and I'm, like, picturing them all beautiful, and I looked up some pictures of them from that time, and it was just, like, it was nice to know that he wasn't, like, using her or, like, doing it as a joke. He really loved her. But he, but he then, accused her of using him. I know. Which and here's a, I hated. I hated it. And here's a question for you. So when you were looking at pictures of them, did you find a lot beyond the MTV red carpet moment? No. No. And, and I looked, yes. too. Because I, I, I was looking for well. pictures of her with, like, with Ian Ziering, because she talks about him a lot. I was just, like, looking at all these Vivica pictures, and there's not much more than the MTV, like, the dress. The dress. I, yes. Okay, so... She she talks about how they're going to go to the MTV Movie Awards, I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this dress made and how it's going to be epic and it's going to be her debut with 50 Cent. Now, it is epic. And yes, I will post it to my Instagram. It's an oh epic dress. Iconic moment for a hard launch in your relationship. That's yep. the dress to wear. Incredible. Yep. Yep. Heard yep. around the world. <laughs> now, that said, there is something so heavily sus because... The way she talks about the relationship, like you can't, you can't tell how long it is. You can't tell if this was like, uh, you can't tell if they're ever spending time together. Like it's, uh-huh. it's so back and forth and weird and murky. And then I could not find a single paparazzi photo outside this MTV 
carpet moment. I'm like, did these get buried? Like, what is going on? Was he hiding her? Or was he do? you know, that thing where like, yeah, you can come over at midnight. You know, it, there were a lot of phone calls. Yeah. And a lot of like, he had, when she was talking about all his like security that he had to have and how they had to shut places down and sneak in and out of places, I was like, was he worried about security or was this like a secret kind of thing that he, you know, it was like, okay, we'll yeah. go to the awards, but he didn't want anyone to know like how deep it was and that he was sending right. thousands of roses and all that. And then that made me sad. It did make me sad. She kind of hinted that his image was so hard that it would emasculate him mm-hmm. to be in a relationship. And maybe that was why I also have to say like between this Vivica Fox chapter and dating Chelsea Handler, my takeaway is that 50 cents a goober. <laughs> He's just a real goober <laughs> yes. um, with a great song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He seen. I mean, it seems like uh, not a conquest in the, but, there's a way to frame it that's like, oh, he had a crush on her from the beginning of her career. That is adorable. But then you could frame it like he thought she was beautiful. He had a crush on her and he thought, I'm going to conquer this person. And like, you know, it would be like a fancy notch in his belt. And I'm like, I wish we could know especially with his behavior now <laughs> as they uh, fight on Instagram, like what his feel, what his feelings actually were. Because it yeah. sounded like he was in love, but then some of the behaviors are like, maybe he hates her guts. Like, why yeah. would you do well, that with to someone you love? Yeah, absolutely. And also he's just so messed up. I'm, I totally am like, yes, he did love her. It, it really reminded me of... Ashton Kutcher dating Demi Moore and like getting this childhood obsession and then wanting to throw them away. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey getting your childhood obsession and throwing away. But what 50 Cent did is so much worse, which is where one, he's like a manipulative psycho inside a relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Then there's this story where he was going to propose, but she ruins it all by taking a gig and cheated the gig having no idea that that was the night he's going to propose and he takes a 12 carat diamond and breaks it in a half and wears it as earrings and then seemingly without uh, like almost as if they're not in contact he starts going on the radio and bashing her and is like Vivica Fox is stalking me she was using me for my fame she somehow forgives him that part I was like I understand what you're trying to do in this book, but girl, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. And I mean, it's like, he is, he might be a nail in the coffin of her career for a little bit. Like, I I don't know if that's true, but like he, this was so ugly and it was in a time when dudes could be like, ugh, she's obsessed with me. And everyone would be like, ew, gross. Mm -hmm. We hate that woman now. Like, Mm -hmm. and you're like, he's clearly sending like, live birds to her hotel room to say, I love you, you know? (laughs) So she forgives him. And then, and then, and then more beef, more beef, more beef. I mean, he's tweeting at empire co-stars. She's posting on Instagram. He's a piece of shit. Like they're just going back and forth. And then one day they're both at the same basketball game. And she's like, I knew what I had to do. I sat down at the table. I said, Hey, how are you? What's good? 
and and it was good. I'm glad I did that. I forgave him and and it was all good. And then, yeah, and then I look her up this week and 50 Cent is like, Vivica Fox is fucking obsessed with me, always stalking me. She's like doing, she's directing some show yeah. that has something to do with someone he knows. Mm-hmm. And then like Judge Greg Mathis is a EP <laughs> and he's mad at him too. <laughs> well, that's my guy. If Judge Mathis hates you, I gotta be on team Mathis, but it felt, you know what it felt like? Like, this is like young, young people shit. Like, this is so beneath her, but she, it's so clear that she loved him maybe more than he deserved. Because even at the end, she's like, if you need to talk, I'm here. And I just was like, I hope she's lying because if he needs to talk, he can find a therapist. You are yes. no longer the receptacle for his insane feelings. Like, a no. hundred percent. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll be right back. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondry's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Balasai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life, and I can't believe it, but I got to write my own, and it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir, but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes. Some are motherfucking villains. But you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role. And we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book. It matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also, I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre-sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Okay, let's dive back into the episode. after this chapter she gives dating advice and it's not the advice of like here's what I learned from dating a manipulative powerful hyper masculine asshole right it's it's like 
here's some good dating advice for you. And I think it's just like, go out a lot. I don't know. If you want to, she talks about some woman, some young woman asked her for advice on like where to meet men and her, you know, and she, the woman had like a laundry list of qualities, you know, rich, tall, all the like unrealistic shit that you think you're going to get when you're young. And Vivica's advice is to like, go hang out where rich men are. And I'm like, girl, you just got done telling us about how this rich man fucked you over. Like, don't tell this young woman this without, like, telling her, like, the the pitfalls that could happen to her for dating someone like powerful and successful who's gonna think that she's disposable. I was like, Vivica, come, girl, come on. Come on. And also, like, I think, like, when you are single and when you've been through breakups, you can give phenomenal dating advice. Like, sure. You're in a phenomenal, but she's giving dating advice. That does not match like her life her lived like, experience. Yes, and then you're and you're sort of like, okay, the the advice you're giving Vivica needs to be like with you sitting next to like some rich guy you met at the bank, being yes. like, hey, if you go to the bank, you could meet this loser I married, you know. <laughs> yeah. Instead, she's just like saying things that don't seem to have worked. <laughs> yeah, go to the golf course. It's like what. If you don't play golf, can you even go to a golf course? Can you yeah. get in? Also, like, like, don't you need to, like, be a member of, like, country clubs <laughs> yeah. and stuff to, like, really have yeah. a go at it? And then, what, you're going alone? You're just sitting there? Like, right. What's happening? Like, if that's your advice, okay, if that's your real advice, then you got to also say, okay, girl, here's how you sneak into a country club. You yes. go with them, <laughs> you make a friend who's a member. And, you know what I mean? Yes, and also... In order to give advice in fields where there is a lot of existing advice, dating, mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. out, whatever, you have to bring something new yeah. because we've been there. We yeah. we know, we know. Yeah. And like you got, and, and she's not, there's, okay. Well. There's no Vivica specific insight, which again, it's like, did somebody make you hold back? Or did Kevin Carl Leary do this? Right. Right. <laughs> like why? Because I would have loved, I mean, you too, I think, would have loved if Vivica was like, okay, I got on Raya. I talked to yeah. this guy. It was bad. Ooh, my profile wasn't that great. Several people, you know, whatever. Just um, like 100%. any crumb also, of like, detail. I, and, and like, here's mine. When people ask, I'm like, Here's what you gotta do. You gotta set up a bunch of dates. If they're a medium on the app, like medium to good, mm-hmm. you, I, you say yes. To, you say yes to all of them, right? Because this is about getting yep. energy in your life. It's about having a reason to walk out the door. <laughs> yes. Then you find a bar or a restaurant that is near enough to you that you won't cancel, and that's standing room only, so that when you walk in oh. and you and you nestle and you get there early at the be at the bar, mm-hmm. so they come and meet you at the bar, right? If it's heinous, you finish one drink, you always have cash on you, you put the money on and you slip out. Like you're just gone. No dinners. <laughs> like yeah. just see walk into that bar, walk on is out. Useful advice. Thank you. I really <laughs> believe in it. And I did it myself. And it's like, of course you don't want to go on a bunch of shitty dates. But if it's like super easy and yeah. they can't track you or stalk you or know your name and you can get out of it after 30 minutes, then I'm down. Yeah. See, 
She should have had you ghost right before. Ken Carl Leary, move the I fuck wonder, over. okay, not to be, you know, this lesbian, but I wonder if a woman had ghost written this, if it would have been more yes. of what we want. 1000%. And you know, I have gone at Kevin in the past. Hi, Kevin. I don't know if you're listening, but I've, I, he knows I've yelled at him before because I don't understand how he's made a career of writing. Uh, women's trauma memoirs. No, not this one. Mm. This one's not that. So this is actually where I'm like, okay, but, and, and I did get some messages of people who know him and say he's like a really sweet, lovely man. Oh, he has uh, to be for these people to feel comfortable. Like, yes, sure. And, and to that, I say like, that's good. And he does a good job. And I still wish it was a woman. Wish it was mm-hmm. a black woman. Mm-hmm. This, this is a white dude, you know? And like, I yeah. don't know if he knew how to write the wig chapter. <laughs> like, is he why I didn't buy into the chapter? I don't know. Yeah. I would read, as I think you would too, sorry to keep speaking for you, but I would read a full chapter on the whole wig journey. How yes. did you decide to get into that? Who did you call? What did we change about the wigs? What's key about choosing a wig? Yeah. What do we need to know as, as buyers? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Your wig should have a lace front and a glue back. I don't know anything about wigs, so I'm going to shut up. But yeah, any anything that like dove a little deeper into the experience of the thing. Naturally, then we go into a chapter about Dancing with the Stars, which another theme on this podcast there. Now, what I will say, what I love about this book, normally it, the books that, where they're like, and then I went on Dancing with the Stars and like, and then I really found myself when I did a cha-cha merengue to when my dad left my mother. And you're like, okay. But Vivica was like, I fucking lost and was eliminated on week four. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I was really good. I love that. And she was like uh, my co-dancer. I don't know what they're called. My my dance, dance partner. partner. There we go. There's the come on brain. My dance partner was mean, and I had to. I did like that she like when people were like rude or fucked up to her she was real about it she was like Mm. this person well she didn't name names about the person on the set but she was like some people come to set and they don't talk to the assistants and they don't you know blah 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 yeah oh it was tom cruise she was like tom cruise comes in and knows everyone's name and i want to do that and she's like he's great i want to be like him not like this other asshole who is rude to me and i did appreciate you know, the petty part of me was like, okay, good. I hope that guy is reading this Yeah, me too. and also, recognizes Tom, himself. Tom Cruise, another one in 2018 where you just got to give a little nod. Just a little nod. I know she can't because she's got to be in a movie with Tom Cruise one day. But, uh-huh. you know, we do yeah. know what's going on. We do know that Scientology has disappeared a woman. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, when, where okay, is Shelley. That where is Shelley? Well, Leah Remini will hopefully give us a second one. Okay, so oh, then, yeah. then we get into black magic. <laughs> 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 and what she says is she goes to a Chip and Dale show and she realizes like there's no black men in the show. Mm-hmm. And, and then one comes out at the very end and she's like, oh, there should be a show with strippers with black men. This is also genius because when I went to um, Magic Mike Live in Vegas, which was maybe the same year this book was written, like 2018. Mm-hmm. They had a horrible... Have you seen that show? No, I've only yeah, seen Thunder from Down Under. Okay. 
Me so too. there is a real, real racist part of the show, though, where they're like, ladies, do you like milk chocolate? And then a guy pops out. How about some dark chocolate? Then a guy pops oh, out. no. I must have blacked out whatever they said for the Asian guy, but it was also a racist dessert. I can't metaphor. even. A racist dessert. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. And that's like how any of the men of color are introduced in Magic Mike. And oh. it's like so disgusting and degrading. And again, like we're at a year in time when like we don't. Yeah. We know better beyond, yes. beyond, beyond. Anyways. It's so when she's like. 98. Come on. Yeah. Like, come on. And so. She's like, oh, I know I should have a, a show with men of color, mostly black men dancers um, and make it a reality show. I'll invest 300K into it. And and I was like, yes, this is this is a mm-hmm. hole in the market. Yep. And then she kind of writes a chapter where she emasculates a lot of them. <laughs> no. Where she's like, these little men with feelings being like, my dance isn't big enough. I was like, don't do the voice. <laughs> Okay, I cried laughing at that part, but then <laughs> immediately funny. felt bad. But also, I just was like, how come it didn't blow up? Like, how yes, come it's what, not yes. a big cultural force? Like, I feel like it could be. And then, oh, this is so terrible, but that made me think, you are telling us about a business that you didn't really do a good job at. Like, what is the lesson here? Yes. And and we, we only get the lesson that, like, it was good that I did this. Yes. But I'm, it, it only has one season mm-hmm. from 2017. Yeah, it should have blown the fuck up. The dudes are so fucking hot. Uh-huh. The drama she was describing, like, so watchable. Yes, like, absolutely. I I am a little mad at her in this chapter because she kind she like made fun of the men when they act when they acted a little femme, which I was like, you know, whatever. Girl, they're dancers. Like, come on. But also, like, <laughs> come on. We're again, like, we're we're past this. But I will say the part that actually made me mad, which <laughs> really speaks terribly of me, <laughs> she's like. I walked into my show and they didn't have like food or drink for my guests for the show. And the producers basically said, we don't want people eating on camera. And she's like, we have to give them food and drink. And then she says the sentence, girls aren't big, heavy drinkers. They won't drink a lot. And I, Um, as a monster, personally (laughs) took offense to that. Yeah. I I feel like all of my friends would be like, oh, oh, no. You want to come out with us and see how much we can put away? I was just like, where did you, how did you go through your entire life thinking all women are just like, I'll have a Chardonnay, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, one glass gets me dipsy. <laughs> but, but you know what? She does have a lot of like kind of old fashioned views. One yeah. of the things that, that I, you know, felt just personally, um, <laughs> bad about because I I don't put a lot of effort into my clothing. But when she's talking about like how you always have to look good and lay your clothes out and put on your Spanx and all that stuff, I was like, um, is that part of business or are you just like reinforcing Honestly, the shit we've all already heard our entire lives. Like, who needs to know that you need to, like, iron your skirt and put heels on? Like, what? 
And definitely if you're like, I love Vivica A. Fox's style. I love her life. Mm -hmm. I want to look like her. This is the book for you. She's like leather jackets, tight jeans, like... Yeah. But yeah, it, but the, but the rest of the book is like general advice for everyone. So yes. then, so that's how you do read it. You're like, wait, we all have to wear spanks when like <laughs> clearly we don't. But like, right. I, you right. know what I mean? And oh, and then this is the this is the last thing we have to talk about. She does <laughs> Celebrity Apprentice, and <laughs> she talks about Donald Trump, and then she talks about how going on Celebrity Apprentice and being open to that gets her a job on Empire, which is like one of her favorite jobs ever. Mm-hmm. Because in this boardroom scene, she's like really fun and cool, and Lee Daniels calls her up and is like, "You have to be on Empire." Yeah. But she talks about Donald Trump, and I really loved that she was like, "He's so charismatic. I see how everyone fell for him," and then is like, "And he's a monster." Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I feel the same way. So, like, my toxic trait is that I think that dude is funny. Like, not now. Not now that he's, like, you know, d- destroyed us all. But, like, he he was a legitimately funny dude. I wish he had never run for president and we just had a million seasons of The Apprentice. Because yes. that dude is, like, fucking hilarious. And you can't admit it now because he's bad. <laughs> I mean, he is so funny because he is... He's not in on the joke. He's nowhere uh-huh. near the joke, and nothing will ever be funnier than that. Right. Nothing will ever be funnier than that level of sincerity in yep. a fucking the biggest loser on earth, and then also <laughs> in a suit, and also he's legit successful. Yes. Like that is so funny. Yes, and he's surrounded by people who like have to laugh, which and like there's nothing funnier than that. Watching people who like know what time it is have to be like. Oh, you're so funny. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. And I, yeah, I, I, I actually, I really enjoyed just hearing her experience. Yeah. I think cause she just really told us the detailed experience of being on that show. Yeah. And she didn't try and be like, now when you enter a boardroom, right. speak with confidence. Right. Like she didn't she do just any of that. Told the story. Okay. I just have to say it was delicious that she got so, like, petty and catty about her Kenya. fight with Kenya. So petty. I oh. I, I was like, oh, she went in on yes. her. Yes. Yeah, I was like, ooh, what would happen if these two saw each other on the street? That would I'm be more afraid for incredible. them than, than 50 Cent and her right. meeting each other. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I feel um, like Kenya would snatch that Vivica Fox wig Right off her head. (laughs) It would get very ugly. So I will say, then the book ends. Um, Lesson 19 is go far, but don't forget where you came from. Love a Jenny from the block, Uh you know? Uh And then literally the actual last chapter is, these are a few of my favorite things in Beauty Secrets. And she just starts listing products. Okay, can I say that this was my favorite chapter? (laughs) I loved it too. (laughs) I love a, like, what's in my purse, what's in my closet. That's all I want to know about regular people, about famous people. Like, tell me exactly what mascara you will never stop buying. I need to know. You can see the price points in what is in someone's life, mm-hmm. which I love. And she's, I do like, she's doing a real Michelle Obama, which is that she's going low and high. Yes. So she's like, yes. Louis, you know, Louis Vuittons are the best shoes. You're like, yeah, I'm fucking sure they are. But uh-huh. she's also like, Maybelline mascara is my favorite. Yes. 
Yeah. When yeah. she was like, I love the smell of Downy. I love knowing that you go to Target. This is Me amazing. too. And I also, mm-hmm. I love that her go-to, I mean, like, that's the the idea that you have a go-to floral arrangement and hers <sighs> is um, a dozen red, a uh, dozen roses in every color. So when they show up, you know, Vivica has got you flowers. It's like, that's a really fun I love little that life thing. Too. Like, yeah, that to me feels put together. And now that we're talking about it, I'm like, I would read her book about that, about like maybe personal branding or whatever, you know, like th- this is what you buy people when they have a baby or this is how you make an impression with this uh, kind of gift or whatever. Yes. I would love that. I or would love literally that. what's in here. Here's what I order when I go to P.F. Chang's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I'm not a P.F. Chang's person, but now I know that the sea bass is good. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and that she loves California Pizza Kitchen. I was like, okay, girl. Incredible. Yeah, so this is also like why I have a newsletter and I put this shit in there. I will say Uh it is funny to do it in a book because (laughs) it's more of an online thing. You kind of need to know of the moment, you know, like. You want a link to click. You want want a link to click. click. And then the last thing is that she talks about her biggest regret is never having children. That, yeah, that was hard. Well, as a childless person, that was hard for me to read at the end. I feel like that you don't sort of land there on like your saddest thing, especially not if this is ostensibly an advice book on like how to get ahead. It's also an advice book to hustle every day, which is what she said stopped her from having kids. Also, as a childless person, it made me be like, am I going to get to, and I also, you know, love love a gross hustle. I'm like, am I going to get to the end of my hustle and be like, it really put me in my feelings where I was like, is there something I don't know? Because I've been doing pretty good. Because basically she's undoing like her entire thesis by saying, I've hustled, you hustle. And then at the end is like all that hustling. I didn't have a baby. And it's like, well, then don't write the hustle book. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know that you're like, I'm proud of this hustle and everything that I lost was worth it because this is where I landed. Yes. Also, like, this is my own little niche bullshit, but like, Adopt. Tell us about foster adoption. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about. The, but but she's she seems very much like mine or no baby. You know, which, which is which like, is also like come on, come that's on. How I feel you weren't ready. Like you can afford it. Get yes. some babies who need help. <laughs> yes, and then write about it. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> parenting book next. Parenting. Parent. Oh my god. Parenting book from Vivica A. Fox. I would sign. I would sign up. I bring you back on bestseller. Instant bestseller. And listen, she ends and starts the book in a a picture of a of a full length outfit. Which honestly, I wish every memoir did it. Put on a fucking look, stand and pose, head to toe photo, the same one, beginning and the end. Uh, That photo sent me right to her Instagram. And same, she looks incredible. Yeah. Incredible. She's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, unreal. So, okay, listen, we end every podcast with something I call the book dull test. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get that reference. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, 
first question, which is slightly two questions, but first question, was the author vulnerable in the sharing of their truth? Did it happen? Yes. When it came to her relationships and kind of like interpersonal things, but not really when it came to like telling us how to have this success that she has found. Yeah. I'm giving her a no. What? I, I'm giving Chelsea, her a no. The 50 chapter alone. I know, but even then, like, to have a man trashing you across the airwaves and we don't yeah. get a single moment of that experience okay. just that it happened. Yeah. I think uh, okay. she has it in her to give. Uh, I just don't think it was in this book. To me, it felt vulnerable only because we now know that he's a fucking troll who will roast her on every platform no matter what. I thought that even talking about him at all, especially at the beginning of the chapter, she's like, I know he's going to publicly say that I wrote this book because of him, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I thought that was vulnerable. But I guess overall, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Second question. Was it entertaining to read? Yes. Yes. You're going to say no. I'm going to. But you know what? (laughs) This is my whole favorite genre, and it is for the stories. And I'm Mm -hmm. here for the stories. It's just my personal taste. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I do love that you said yes because I do think it. I do think this is an enjoyable book. Essence called it totally entertaining. I just think it wasn't for me. Also, um, I want to say that I listened to the audiobook, which if you like her voice, and it's written very voicey, like it sounds like Vivica, like it's very Hey Girl. Maybe that's what pushed me over into liking the book. Is that yeah, like she yeah. was in you my, really hear my her ears? Voice. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? Good for Kevin. He really got her voice. He yes. really did. Yeah, he did. Okay, final question. Did reading this book elevate your life in any way? No. No. I mean, yeah. maybe if I were more of a hustling type, there would have been more to take away from it. But, like, mm-hmm. the parts I liked the most were reading about her products, reading about that 50-cent relationship, and reading about uh, the Kenya Moore Apprentice stuff. And those are kind of like low vibrational things to be into. <laughs> that is so well put. So, and I loved it. And I you know can't what's funny? Say it elevated me. You were a yes for the bull- for the first two and then a no. I was a no for the first two. I'm a yes. Okay, tell me how. It was- Two specific things. There was a little chapter in here where she talked about getting so busy, she couldn't see her friends. And so she started Mm. these like weekly taco Sundays. And a big part of it, she did tell you how to host and that like the budget doesn't have to be big. You can do like Chipotle and champagne. She gave out actual brands to buy. Mm -hmm. And I've been struggling with um, champagne problems over here, but I've been struggling with like all these projects that I love doing, but not having time to like really see all my friends who I want to see. And- I had been thinking in the back of my head, like, oh, maybe I should do these. It pushed me to be like, I'm going to do some group hangs and be like, on Sunday, mm-hmm. come over. Because I really, like, I'm missing time with my friends. And I, like, ha- have not known how to see them while also keeping up all my work stuff. And mm-hmm. this felt like a true actionable solution. Yes. No, that, I loved that. Because there is so much pressure, especially, like, once you get, you know, once you're, like, not 22, 
tuned. Like everything has to be an event. It has to be nice. You got to have this nice stuff. And I loved the idea that she was just like, I'll get Chipotle and some champagne and we'll hang out and talk shit. I loved yes. that. And she's like, I put sports on, which I'm not going to do that. But she's like, <laughs> and then it's just every Sunday from this time to this time, come if you want, don't come if you don't want. And I was like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that yeah. and see if that works. And this yeah. is the other, this is the other, a little bit of a negative elevate. Like it was a negative thing that it became a positive for me, mm-hmm. which is that she seems to say yes to every single thing <gasps> under yes. the sun. She was sort of saying it works for her because you never know what seeds you're going to plant. And I do mm-hmm. think that was good. But it was a reminder to be like, what do you really care about? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and how to focus on. I mean, at some point, at one point in this book, she's like, I'm going to go become a sports announcer in Miami. I, I know. So it's like, yeah, this doesn't seem. And she was talking about, you know, ageism and Hollywood. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I would just wish it wasn't a device book. Yeah. But yes. Yes. That is the flaw. Yeah. I mean, Otherwise, great. Yeah. <laughs> Give me those stories about Curtis. Yes. You were such, you're just such a phenomenal person, such a phenomenal guest. Tell oh, us. Thank you've got you. a new book coming out. You have incredible, your incredible books already out. Tell us everything where people can find you and follow you and love you. Okay. Well, I have a newsletter, which is just like a blog I force into your email that you can find at yes. com, And you can buy any of my books. I have a new one coming out called Quietly Hostile. Please pre-order it so that um, the people in charge of my publishing life are happy. (laughs) And it is such, I just want to underline it because I just learned this, but pre-order sales matter so, so much for an author, for for books to exist, for authors to exist. So that pre-order thing is big. Yeah. I mean, they almost care about that more than they care. Like the book comes out and they're like, Okay, <laughs> you know, but yeah, like beforehand, yeah. they're like, uh, could you post more on Instagram? And I'm like, but it's me against the algorithm. What am I gonna do? Vivica says to use hashtags. Have you tried that? <laughs> And where can people find you and follow you on Instagram to see you using oh, hashtags? Oh, my Instagram handle is bitches gotta eat. Yes, I try. I try to keep solid the branding, branding consistent. That's right. I like <laughs> Hashtag that. Hashtag branding. Um, yes. Thank you so much for coming oh on. You are so this lovely. I can't dream. wait to read your book. And um, I'll make you hang out with me when you come to this LA. This is a dream. You are the best. Yes. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing it. it. We're going to Chipotle Black Magic. And champagne. Chipotle champagne. We're re upping Black Magic LA. <laughs> it's going to be great. That's all for this week's episode. If you love this podcast, if you want more of this podcast, go join us on Patreon. If you become a Patreon member, you get one bonus episode every month. You get an email every episode of photos that go with the episode. You get a newsletter of all the best DMs that I get that month where we like learn and recap things. You also get access to our lounge, which is a cookies only chat lounge where we chat about episodes and all kinds of things. There's also other tiers. So you can join for just a dollar a month or $5 a month. And then for higher level tiers, we do a live book club on Zoom once a month where we listen to the episode of the podcast and discuss that episode. So no reading required. That's patreon.com slash Chelsea DeMontes. And that is where we love your support. And that's also where the community is. 
A huge thank you to our producer, Kate Downey, our episode engineer, DJ Bouncy House, assistant, Jaron Padre, and our executive producer, Jordan Mancata. Our team does so much to make this podcast happen, and I just thank them endlessly. Also, a big thank you to our product partners at Tenteo, Natalie's Juice, and Pattern Brands. They have given us and our guests so many great products. We are going to link each brand in the show notes, and you can find all of the products that I love on my Instagram highlights, where I am always on Instagram, at Chelsea Devantes. And I'll see you there or for another episode soon.